To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 354 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, some Democratic governors have been under fire for mishandling nursing home outbreaks as the pandemic surged last spring. Their Republican critics see that as an opportunity. But first, Here's what happened in virus news today. Federal health officials called on Texas and Mississippi residents to keep wearing masks, even as governors there lift COVID-19 restrictions. Rochelle Walensky, director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, says it's premature to abandon mitigation efforts and that the virus can still erupt again. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said Tuesday that the state would lift its mask mandate and reopen businesses next week. He is also banning counties from fining or jailing people who disregard local measures, defying previous warnings from Walensky and others. South African authorities said they seized about 2,400 doses of fake coronavirus vaccines after following up on a global alert issued by Interpol. The bogus shots were found at a warehouse in Germiston, near Johannesburg, and three Chinese nationals and a Zambian national were arrested, according to the police in a statement. Finally, yet another vaccine in development is showing promising results. Baharat's Covaxin demonstrated 81% interim efficacy after two doses. Those early results come from phase three clinical trials involving 25,800 patients. The study is still ongoing, and the company will release a final analysis after there are 130 confirmed coronavirus cases. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. 
Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. And now for today's main story. In recent months, GOP lawmakers have heaped criticism on Democratic governors for how they handled outbreaks at nursing homes early in the pandemic. Michigan Republicans, who have been hostile to Governor Gretchen Whitmer throughout the crisis, are now asking the state's attorney general to investigate how she coped with that challenge. Republicans say that people died unnecessarily thanks to Whitmer's order that nursing homes readmit residents with COVID-19 if they had capacity and quarantine capabilities. I spoke to Detroit Bureau Chief David Welch, who says Michigan's fatality rate was lower than the national average, and that many of those on the pandemic's front lines dispute the assertions. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has recently faced several critiques regarding how she handled Michigan's nursing homes during the COVID crisis. I was just wondering if you could maybe outline some of those criticisms she's faced. The primary one is the fact that during the summer when COVID was really spreading heavily in Michigan, actually in the spring, um, she issued an order saying that nursing homes could and in fact should take COVID-positive residents back into the homes or accept them in. Uh, now, her order did say as long as the nursing homes had a place where they could quarantine them and and, and proper equipment in place so that everybody could uh, take care of these patients without the virus spreading all over the place, then fine. However, um, the Republicans jumped on that immediately and they pushed her to open nursing, you know, open up field hospitals and convention centers and places like that. And this fight lasted all uh, throughout 2020, where the Republicans wanted her to put them someplace else. And as nursing home deaths from COVID kept rising, uh, the criticism got hotter and hotter. In reality, Michigan actually did better in terms of percentage of deaths in nursing homes than, than the average state, and, and actually did quite a bit better than neighboring Ohio, which has a Republican governor and did kind of the same thing that Whitmer did, which was allowing people back into nursing homes with COVID as long as they could be quarantined somehow. So you can see how political this got. The Republicans jumping all over her for it. And uh, and Whitmer standing her ground and saying this is this is you know the, the best way to handle them. It came back up again uh, in the wake of Governor Cuomo in New York, Governor Newsom in California, Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania getting a lot of criticism from the Republicans in their states over this. Cuomo's situation is obviously different because there are allegations that he actually tried to hide numbers. No one has suggested that Whitmer did that. But once that came up, the Republicans asked the Democratic Attorney General in Michigan to investigate her over this. So what started to last April, May as a big controversy and heated up later in the summer has come back up again, uh, you know, almost as a copycat calls for investigation that we've seen in a handful of other Democratic states around the U.S. And as you've already pointed out, there is a very significant political angle here. What do you see as the perhaps broader national political agenda to these critiques? This is very similar to how the Democrats got Donald Trump out of the White House. There were a lot of things that uh, the Democrats used against Donald Trump 
between issues of race and gender and so forth. But really, his his response to COVID uh, and and their alleged in, you know the alleged inadequacy of it really kind of did trump in with a lot of swing voters. So Republicans are trying to tear a page out of that same book. They see an opening uh, with these nursing nursing home deaths in Michigan, and they're going after Whitmer for it in the same way they have in other states. The reason I brought up Ohio earlier is you have in Michigan about 33% of COVID deaths were from nursing homes. Patients were allowed in if if the nursing home had the space, had the equipment to quarantine those people. Ohio had a pretty similar set of rules for its nursing homes. 41% of the state's deaths from COVID were in nursing homes, and they had a couple thousand more of them in the nursing homes as well. And none of the Republicans have gone after Mike DeWine a Republican for the same thing. So there are some obvious political things here. There are also some legitimate questions about this is how nursing homes were handled and is this the best way to do it? Uh, and were there potentially better choices? But it doesn't look like that's what's going on here because uh, this this whole thing came up. It had kind of gone quiet for a while and then came up again once it became controversial in New York and in California. And exactly right. I mean, with the recent accusations against Governor Cuomo, as you outlined, that there has been some um, suggestion that there has been, let's say, mishandling of the data or even hiding of numbers. I mean, when we look at Michigan's numbers, um, I mean, is there any reason not to trust the data that Michigan is reporting? Potentially. And and look, I, you know, I want to give some of the Republicans, at least who are questioning this, they're due. Data from nursing homes is not great. And there wasn't a great system for gathering that data because we didn't have a pandemic like this before. And let's, let's go with what was supposed to happen. If a nursing home had a resident who caught COVID and they got sick enough that they had to go to a hospital, if that resident had a room still reserved for them in the nursing home, but they passed away in the hospital. The nursing home was supposed to count that death in their facility. If they weren't holding the room, then the hospital would count it. Arguably, it was still a nursing home death. What we also don't know is how consistently nursing homes were actually doing this. Uh, some of the employees I talked to said that nursing homes were actually trying to kind of keep the case and death count low because they didn't want to be seen as a a COVID institution. One of the things that happened during the pandemic was nursing home uh, capacity rates, uh, or say occupancy rates, fell from about you know typically eighty four percent to as low as seventy. So nursing homes needed patient or needed residents. Seventy percent is not a great way to make a lot of money in that business. So they, they you know there was an incentive to try to keep the numbers low. Is this something Whitmer did? Is this something the state did? No, the, the, the residencies were supposed to report this stuff and report it accurately. It hasn't been audited. No one knows uh, how accurately they were reporting it. Now, Robert Gordon, who's the, I'll say, past head of the Michigan Department of Health and Safety, he said he couldn't stand by the data for those reasons because they just don't know. Now, if you want to say that Michigan's data is no good and therefore the comparison that a third of its deaths with for uh, from COVID is not really valid. That presupposes other states had a great system for collecting this data as well, and it's not really clear that they did. In fact, we, we had talked to the Kaiser Institute while uh, reporting this out, and they said, look, it, it is really hard because not every state reports the same way, not every state has great data collection. It's, uh, you know, it's, 
it's not a terrible number to use, but it's never going to be perfect. So, yeah, there are questions about this, and you would, you would only know it if you audited it. You know, maybe that's one thing the Republicans would like to see. It's not a bad idea because then we can, we can assess the extent of the problem in nursing homes and try to have them prepared for the next time around. It's, it's not, that's not an unreasonable request. And when we look at the situation that's happening in Michigan and, and kind of these accusations and finger pointing, I mean, is it something that you would see is, is perhaps a more fundamental divide between, say, Republicans and Democrats about how to stem COVID spread, whether to focus on, say, hotspots like nursing homes or, for example, introducing stricter measures at the community level, such as shutting down restaurants or gyms? This is a big issue in Michigan, and it's one of the reasons we really focused on the nursing home and COVID issue here, because the politics have been so divisive. You had people, armed protesters, marching on the Capitol over Governor Whitmer's shutdown orders of gyms, restaurants, bars, and so forth. There was a lot of accusation by Republicans over the past year that she was overreaching and what she was shutting down. And there were probably some legit criticisms there that, that you know businesses like construction contractors uh, that that had to you know, down their tools for a little bit, you know they were by that by the spring would have been working outdoors. That didn't last long though. She kind of got things going back up pretty quickly. But a lot of these other issues, and including mask wearing in some cases, uh, were the subject of the protest from Republicans and from conservative groups. They didn't like the fact that the governor had executive orders to tell them what to do and what to wear and when to work and what could be open. And the biggest indicator of whether a nursing home has a serious issue with COVID or not is what's going on in the outside community, because what the healthcare studies are saying is that the employees bring it in. People are out at restaurants, bars, or just from family members. They get COVID. Symptoms are mild in the early days. Testing was really bad in the first six months that the pandemic hit, and they, they go to work anyway. And then they spread it around the nursing home. You know, the nursing homes are places where people are kind of close together. A lot of people in a small facility, you know, a lot of the people who work there couldn't afford to take paid time off. So even if they had mild symptoms, didn't know they had COVID, they certainly weren't being that cautious in all cases. And, and that's a big issue. So you have the Republicans saying, well, these, you know, there are other ways to manage the nursing homes. And uh, there may have been, but none of the solutions were great. But really, the best way to keep nursing homes from getting was to protect the outside community. And the, and, and, and the measures to protect communities are the things that they fought the most. And speaking of nursing homes, let's let's look at it from the employee side. I mean, how were they supported in Michigan? The employees were not equipped. And they, you know, I, I talked to a number of people who work in the nursing homes. They were doing things like if they had an N95 mask and the band broke, they were stapling it back on. Some of them told me that if they had the basic surgical mask, let alone an N95, if they had a basic surgical mask, they were doing pretty well. So they were not equipped at all. And the other problem is they make about $13 an hour. Governor Whitmer eventually ordered a $2 an hour raise to give these people a little bit of breathing room. But a lot of them didn't have paid time off. Uh, the nursing home union, the SEIU, was negotiating a new contract during the pandemic to try to get paid time off, try to get a raise, get better health care. Because the, and a lot of the workers, if they had some symptoms, they were only being tested every seven days and it took another week to get the test back. So they could have COVID symptoms or be symptom free and the test would take six or seven days to come back and they would be working with and amongst and treating nursing home residents while they may have had the virus in the early and most contagious stages. So when you can't afford to take time off, you go into work and these people had to be there. 
and, and people were also quitting nursing homes uh, because they didn't want to catch COVID during the pandemic. Uh, so you had fewer and fewer people. They were working long hours, some of them moonlight in different nursing homes. Uh, it, so it really was a bad situation. They didn't have the equipment, they didn't have the training, and there were too few of them working long hours. Um, and they were either afraid or, or couldn't afford to take the time off if they had some symptoms. It was quite a bad situation. That was David Welch. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by David Welch. Original music by Leo Sedrin. Our editors are Rick Schein and Francesca Levy. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Business Week, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.